How about that? How about I'm fucking early, huh? Bet none of you thought that was coming. 30 seconds early. Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I'm on one so much right now. It's probably because I had to... This is probably... You don't care about this, but there's no L train in New York, which is kind of how I get around. They got rid of it for the weekend because they're doing some sort of track repair or something. So then I had to take a fucking electric bike here because you got to go over the goddamn bridge because I live in Brooklyn. So I was like, you know what? I'll take an e-bike even though it's freezing. And then it died. The the e-bike died. And then I had to pedal it. So it's now like a bike that just weighs 140 pounds or something. You got to pedal it up this fucking bridge. Stinks. Anyways, welcome everybody to all new episodes. I mean, they're not new. This episode is new. This, what we're doing in this moment here, my hands are cut off. Yeah, my hands are cut off a little. It's fine. Who cares? Who cares? Welcome back, everybody. I've missed you all. The queens have missed you. What's up, queens? What is up, queens? To all the queens out there. Uh, we're back. I'm not trying to show you my shirt, but my, my headphones are like dragging along the zipper. It's a real shit show. Nobody likes to know how the sausage is made, and you're getting a real sneak peek. Actually, hold on one second here. We're just going to do something real quickly. We're going to, you know, you know, you do this with the, for people who are listening, has no idea what I'm talking about. I'm kind of unraveling this, my headphone cord. Let's go. Probably should have started late because I probably should have got this stuff out of the way. And here I am bragging about starting early. So welcome back. We got more female dating strategy for all you high value males, which is this first episode actually is about the high value males, the low value males, the scrotes, the negative value males, all that stuff. Uh, I'm sorry I was away last week, but in case you're wondering how we're doing, we're making progress. So the episodes that we're covering today, episodes 72 and 73 of the Female Dating Strategy podcast. Um, this first one, 72, is myth-busting the high-value male. It's very uh, definitely of interest to us. And then the next hey, one... Hey, Queens, do you oops, enjoy the female... Oops! No. Uh, Patreon grab bag in the event that we do that. So as always, uh, we're going to allow you to vote on whether or not uh, we skip episodes, as always. Uh, but we're catching up. This one's from seven months ago. So in no time, we're going to be caught up. And then we might have some sort of existential crisis, right? Because we're kind of just cruising along, being like, oh, there's tons of episodes. But we, we might reach the end. And then, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have to move on to something else or or what. Um, I mean, we know that one of, the, one of them's gone now. So, but we'll get there. We're going to get to the end. We started this with the goal of getting to the end and then maybe getting on the show. Uh, I don't know if that's a pipe dream still for me to get on the Female Dating Strategy podcast, Uh, but that is is, uh, still the goal. As always, if you want to support the show, if you're listening to this uh, and you want to get early access to the audio episodes because they only go up a week later, so uh, you can sign up, patreon.com slash lowvaluemail, and you get all sorts of other shit too. Get the little email after show. You get early episodes of the bathhouse. All stuff. Or uh, locals. Locals.com slash. No, lowvaluemail.locals.com. Or become a scrote. Join the YouTube channel. All right. Uh, I don't think we have no, anything else that we need to get to here. We're, as always, going to be listening to this on one and a quarter speed. I will say I'm. Um, someone says, are we getting a certain famous subway comedian as a special guest today? Nah, nah, Leo's, Leo's, uh, 
We're not going to be seeing Leo. Um, that's, I mean, that's kind of the hope is that we're not going to be seeing Leo. I don't think there's a good scenario where we see Leo. Not like I'm worried about Leo, but I'm just saying like if we see Leo, then it's probably going to be like again in a bad, um, bad thing. Someone says you'll have to skip back to the skipped episodes for a grand finale. Uh, how about fuck no? How about I'm not going to do that? Not skipping. Uh, those We skipped those episodes because they need to be skipped. Most of them are just they're talking about some TV show we never watched. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm at my wit's end with these queens. No, I love the queens. I love the queens. I'm sorry, queens, if you're watching. I would never forsake you. Okay, so episode 72. Welcome back, everybody. I'm it's glad to happy to be back. I'm happy to be be back here. Let's put it on one and a quarter speed. This is a short episode too. See, that's the thing. It's like this episode's short. Like, are they kind of losing their their passion for the show? These episodes used to be an hour and twenty minutes. Now this one's forty six minutes. That's it. Like, I, I just feel like they're they're not in it anymore. They kind of figured out all the dating strategies that existed. I don't know, but it's, it's tragedy. It's not really a tragedy. I'm, I'm just mad because I had to bike here. Okay. Without further ado, episode 72. Welcome back to the Queens. Myth, buff, myth busting. The high value mail. Let's go. The meanest female only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. What's up, I'm Queens? Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And so today we wanted to start a new mini series talking about the high value man. So what is a high value man? And the reason why I wanted to begin with this one is because what a high value man is, it used to be, what? I guess to some extent, it still is thought that the FDS version of a high value man is a man who is 666. So a six inch dick, a six figure income and over six feet in height. And that came from the subreddit where a user posted, I mean, she wrote a post about, you know, like her own preferences and standards in a man, which is absolutely fine. But then I guess the mainstream took that away and they ran with it. And so it tends to be that people tend to conflate things such as having a big dick, having a high income, being good looking with being high value. And we just basically wanted to clear up the misconceptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. around that and to actually state what being like high value man actually is and what they look like. That was like one person who said that. And then they're like, this is what everyone at FDS wants, right? They just treat women like a monolith. I mean, I'm not even gay and I want that. I mean, people did agree with her, but it wasn't ever anywhere. Like, it wasn't official FDS, like, you know, 101 that they have to meet all that criteria to be high value. Honestly, that was kicking around the manosphere for a very long time. That was how things like the red pill and other types of manosphere. Oh, yeah. As always, I'll give away a channel membership at 100 likes. Smash those likes buttons. Those likes buttons. Those like buttons. Also, I'm going to put up the poll right now. But this is not a... I'm not even putting up the poll. I'm vetoing the poll. I know I'm a man of the people. I'm a populist, but no poll for this one. We're listening to this one. Dating jargon was used as that 666 was essentially to be a high value man. You had to have these types of characteristics because it would make women more sexually attracted to you. But it wasn't the canon definition of what a high value man was for FDS. Although we don't standard shame. So if you want that... We don't tell you you can't have that, right? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say, first of all, like men will shame women. I mean, they'll st- standard shame the shit out of men, though. For our preferences for the whole 666 thing, as if we're supposed to be like, no, no, it's okay if you don't have a 666. It's okay if you don't make that much money. It's okay if you're not that tall. Like, I'll accept you anyways. Kind of thing. I don't want to say, first of all, I embrace that. I actually fully embrace women who have that as a standard, and I won't apologize for that. It's not my standard, but if other women have that standard, I support that. But what's funny about the 666 is that it brings out the scrope mathematics. Then you get men doing all sorts of calculations to say like... Scrope mathematics is pretty hilarious. I'll give it to them. That's maybe the actual first funny thing that Savannah said, even though I don't know if she maybe coined that term, but scrope mathematics is... that's. I'm, I'm naming the episode that right now. Six feet. 
only 0.0463% of the population fits the standard. <laughs> it brings out the scary mathematics. <laughs> mathematics! Go mathematics! But they start saying shit like men over six foot four, like 0.2% of the population. Go mathematics! The chances of you finding a high-value man with this uh, standard if you look like this is less than getting struck by lightning. More likely than getting by a shark. Statistically speaking. <laughs> they get so shrill about it. That's what's funny about it. They get so shrill about it. Women who may not have a height standard, there are you know women who don't care about height, and also the income standard as well. So I know, like for example, in the UK, you don't actually need to earn like six figures before you are very very comfortable. It's actually quite a minority of people who earn that much. Like this is an actual scrape off the backs. This is like general (laughs) general statistics. Even still, like you don't actually need to earn over six figures to have a very comfortable lifestyle. Now I know that might be different depending on where you live. So if you're in a major city like London or New York or somewhere else that might vary but it's also just to show that being high value isn't necessarily what's on the surface the clue is really in the name it's a lot more about their values which we'll go into yeah like you can live a very what's on the inside counts very happy life at fifty thousand dollars a year i mean it depends on where you are yeah i mean not in vancouver no in like a small town outside of vancouver probably for vancouver i'd say my minimum income requirement is 75k i mean for me personally i would always say like i just want the man to earn like more than me purely because if we ever decide to have children because i'm still on the fence about it at the moment so no but possibly in the future if i then go on maternity leave then our income is going to be like massively cut in half so he should always be earning more to make up for that that's just my opinion anyway no i agree yeah and leading on to that as well. And so if we go back to what a the FDS definition of what a high value man is, it's essentially a man with good values. Certain values, I would say, should be non-negotiable. He has to add value to your life as well. He has to add value to your life. Yeah. So on its face, a high value man is just what it sounds. I mean, that's generally a good uh, rule there where the person you'd like them to make your life better versus worse. People don't have that. a lot of people legitimately their partner makes their life appreciably worse it's like it's quite literally a man who adds a lot of value to your life and when we talk about the difference between a high value a negative value a zero value man and a low value man we're talking about like the different levels of benefit that they they've never actually really said zero value before so that's new that's 72 episodes in and they mentioned zero i don't know if that's a scrote because for what i know there's negative value there's scrotes maybe scrotes is is just a synonym for zero value then there's the low value which is obviously more than zero and then, uh, then there's the high value, man. Bring to your life in a tangible, measurable way. It basically, the only litmus test, basically, is your life better off with him in it? If the answer is no on any front, then he's not no. high value, in my opinion. And that's factoring in both his actual contributions as well as opportunity cost, because every time you spend time with a man who's not up to par, you're actually costing yourself the ability to look for someone else. Yeah, that's or if true. it's worse than just you single. And that matters way more for women, too, because TikTok, if you know what I mean. And it's worse than <laughs> that thing also applies to men too, but just you can, there's ways around that more. So then your baseline of being single should be already pretty high, right? Like, you know, that's the other thing is like, if your life is in the gutter and you're literally at rock bottom, then yeah, any man is going to seem high value compared to where you're at. Right. So that's why we tell women. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously relative. Like, for you to be judging people when your life's a fucking shambles. Also, you need to level up so that your baseline of being single is already pretty good. So- we got a super chat from Oki Native. Says Kevin Samuels, R.I.P. would have made them cry. I'm surprised they never covered Kevin Samuels, to be honest. 
I so that when a man comes that. along, you know, he has to be better than your baseline to be high value. And just off the back of that as well, I completely agree with you know what was just said, but also most importantly, he has to be better in isolation. So when I say that, I mean like some women will compare their current man with their previous relationships, but if all the previous relationships were low value, even though you think there might be an improvement there, he's look still- if all your previous relationships were low value lady you're low value i hate to break it to you it might be low value so you have to look at him in isolation you can't rationalize it by saying you know well you know my ex-partner beat me and this guy doesn't therefore you know he's better you can't really look at it like that especially if we acknowledge the fact that there is a pandemic of you know low value men out there the chances of a woman dating at least one in her lifetime is extremely high you can't be comparing like shit to shit basically you have to look at each in isolation and make a judgment based on that and so off the back of the values as well so like rose said giving these ladies a lot of credit huh they are giving their listeners a lot of credit. He has to add, you know, tangible and also non-tangible value to your life as well. But even though we've said that certain aspects of a man, such as his income, to some degree his looks, because different strokes of different folks, are negotiable, there are certain values that should be non-negotiable in a high-value man. So things like being honest, things like being loyal, generous, kind, he doesn't watch porn, like all those sorts of things, they should be non-negotiable if a man is high-value. I realise I'm setting the bar quite high here, to be honest. We're actually not high. Yeah, I, I do want to almost say that Seems like... Seems a little high, Savannah. Seems a, little a lot on of the women side. will say that based on what we say a high value man is that there's no such thing as a high value man because like if we say a high value man is like honest and he doesn't watch porn that that alone is going to like eliminate probably like 99% of the male population and I will say like high value men first of all it's like a spectrum there's some men who are higher value than others even within the high value man it's like there's some that are really high value that are like and then some that are like medium high value you know what I mean like so I will say that like there medium are high men value. who are high value they do exist and they are rare but and there are men out there who are pretending to be high value and so that's why it's important to be able to vet but they do definitely exist oh, also quick, that's a tough one the ones who are pretending to be high value frankly like i think by saying like high value men don't exist or that they can exist i think we got a good guys honestly the more i listen to the chicks have what they have to deal with are like is this guy we're just like shot all right that's just sort of reinforces like male low quality-ness you know i feel like with men i find that just in my day-to-day like personal interactions with men when you set the bar high for men most of the time they will jump uh, some men will just stay on the ground you know if they're just like if they don't want to jump they won't kind of thing i wouldn't say date a man based on potential but if your standards are high and he's really into you he'll work to meet those standards yeah agreed i also think as well that i guess somewhat contrary to what is often believed there is no like pocket that is you know teeming to the brim of high value men i genuinely believe what? that they can be found anywhere in any you know, social class in any tax bracket across all heights. Maybe not for me because heights are negotiable, but even still, but for other women. I mean, not in any tax bracket because you already said that that's one of the things can be found anywhere as well. So when women, I guess, you know, part of the reason also why I wanted to do this this series is that sometimes when people are trying to figure out a dating strategy, we, that we can perhaps almost a female dating strategy? end up cutting off our options as opposed to expanding them. So even though this might be an unpopular opinion, but I even think that high-value men can also be found on online dating as well. Yes, their they're filtering system... That's an unpopular opinion? It might be different, and they will be a lot harder to find, but I still think it's possible to find a high-value man online as well. So so when you're looking for a high-value man, bearing if we accept the fact that, yes, they are rare, but yes, they can also be found in a lot of places, even in places where you would think that there aren't any there at all, I think it's also important to keep an open mind where possible and not to inadvertently write an entire section or an entire hobby or an entire place off in terms of finding a high-value man. 
another thing as well that I wanted to tackle because again FDS gets this a lot in the sense that we ask a lot from men but we expect him to have no standards as well and that we just want a guy who will serve us uh, for eternity and treat us like queens I mean some women might want that in which case more power to them they deserve it as well but also it's important to acknowledge that do they deserve it? a high value man will also have standards for themselves and for other people Um, and so if you think about it for example let's say you wanted to have an operation you wouldn't trust a surgeon who just accepted anybody in terms of their pre-op testing in terms of whether they are suitable for the surgery for example that would be a mark of a bad surgeon so similarly it sort of used to make me confused when on the subreddit we would see women saying that a high value man will just accept you just because like they will also have their own standards or they'll love you no matter what no that's not true high value men have high standards too yeah, they have high standards. And also the data doesn't support that. We know that, you know, the entire trope that the millionaire marries the maid is just like by and large fantasy. Like most men, they will marry- Oh, no, the millionaire fucks the maid. Women they deem to be on their level in terms of social class, in terms of education class, and even- I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, literally bang the To maid. some degree in terms of looks as well. So this idea that a high value man is basically just a doormat who will just accept you because because you're a woman. And again, it's also- it, They just lost half their audience saying this shit. wasn't ever a philosophy that FDS ever pushed. It was perhaps- a few people and then it just became this whole oh my gosh fds are queens who just want men to serve them and they've got nothing to offer completely ignoring the fact that we had a whole subreddit dedicated to leveling up fds level up as well for that reason i feel like men who browse the subreddit and this is partially why we don't have the subreddit anymore is just because they take like random commenters who could be newbies or whatever and then take that as like fds canon but they're looking for things that make them angry already anyway so they're kind of just looking for things like already confirm their pre-existing biases or suspicions or whatever right and so i mean the men who hate fds like they don't want to understand us anyways like I mean, if they understood FDS, honestly, like they'd probably have to look at themselves a lot more critically and they don't want to do that, right? They're just looking for an excuse to dismiss us, right? Women are just going to carry on having high standards anyways and they can just die mad, so... Diamonds! Well, it's also important to remember that the way, and we'll do probably a separate episode on this in the future, but the way you deal with a high value man isn't necessarily the same way that you deal with a low value man. Now, obviously your standards and boundaries will be the same and you'll still vet them the same way, but the way you interact with a high value man, it, it has to be slightly different. I got the impression on the subreddit as well, when women were discussing like vetting strategies that they wanted to treat all men the same. So strategies that worked on low value men or like worked in quotation marks because the relationship always blew up because it was low value they would try and use that on high value men and like that's not going to work because if you are treating i mean generally speaking you know women treat like low value men in a certain way like generally speaking and usually it's less than stellar because they are low value if you then go yeah. and take those sorts of attitudes and behaviors to somebody who is high so value i understand where it's coming from it can be a protection mechanism it's a vetting strategy but you also potentially run the risk of putting the kind of or putting the kinds of men that you are seeking to attract you may end up putting them off entirely as well a good example is I can- this is like maybe one out of every 10 episodes where we actually get some dating strategy that that might be generous too um Okie Native says, when do we get the special Subway comedian guest? He ain't coming. <laughs> That's the second person who has. He ain't, Came across he ain't in the subreddit where a user said she doesn't say thank you to men. Okay, that's dumb. Like, that's how you get guys to do stuff for you is by, oh my God. <laughs> but firstly, it's dumb. And also a high value no, person. Would... You bribe them with sex. I think that's rude. Like, I would think it's rude. If I did something nice for a guy and he didn't say thank you, I would think you're just rude. I think, I don't know if that's like the rad femme cell crowd where they think like politically, if you ever do anything nice for a man that you're like betraying. If you don't treat men like shit 24 <laughs> seven, you're a bad feminist. And so if you smile at a man, you're harming women as a class and you're setting back women's liberation, a full generation, like that, that crowd. Yeah. So I want to say, first of all that's dumb as fuck like the way that you get men to do stuff for you men will go to hell and back for you just for a few words of like positive reinforcement like understand that most men yeah guys don't want positive reinforcement 
that's not what they're doing. Even, you know, high value men, you know, can be quite lonely, actually. And they don't get many compliments either at all. Yeah, men in general don't get a lot of compliments. They don't get a lot of like positive reinforcement. So what you want to do is weaponize that to its fullest potential. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) people think I just go around verbally abusing men all the time. That's not true at all. Actually, like the men that I know in real life, they think I'm very nice. I use very strategic flattery. I like find out what they're insecure about. I find out what makes them feel like a man. And I just fucking diabolical. What is it? Finds out what you're insecure about. Well, there's a guy who's short and she goes, oh, you're so tall. Looking tall today. These guys, these guys are stupid. They're like, what are you up to? Flattery and corrections based on their deepest insecurities. Maybe this makes me a bad feminist, but yeah, like sometimes I'll just like say things that, you know, <laughs> just flattery that like, I'm trying to think of a, an example that won't get me dragged, but like basically like, yeah, like, oh my gosh, you're such a big strong man kind of thing. Oh my gosh, you're oh, so- shut st- up. Literally any guy you say that, they're like, what are you up to? Wrong, like that kind of stuff. Like the guy's lifting shit for me. Like they will remember that compliment for like years kind of thing, right? Like that'll be something that they think about anytime they're feeling sad. Guys, you- can we confirm yes or no? I feel like, I don't know. No, I don't think I would remember it for i'm not so pathetic that I, that would stick with me for years when i'm clearly getting manipulated into helping this person do manual labor you can be basically like the valve on their self-esteem men will do anything for you <laughs> that's also why you should not ask for to- you they want that poontang do stuff for you as well they love that shit self-esteem comes from esteemable acts and so if you ask men to do stuff for you and praise them for it you're giving them good self-esteem so actually you're doing a really good thing for them and you're getting something out of it as well yeah and if they act really arrogantly or really poorly then you know what you're dealing with it's actually a vetting strategy as well tell the difference between a man who i give a compliment to who's like sincerely appreciative or at least like acknowledges it and then like super arrogant full of themselves men who are so insecure they can't ever show that anything you say has an effect on them even if it's positive those are men you want to immediately get out of your life on the flip side to that as well if a guy is always like fishing for compliments and just generally just being like annoyingly excessive constantly seeking praise that's also weird yeah yeah it's also a red flag yeah yeah if he's very emotionally needy and constantly fishing for compliments that's also i mean those men have their place they can also still be useful but everything's a red flag uh, i probably wouldn't date them there are some men that just like go through life trying to be stoic and shit and then like you give them a compliment and they're just like oh like they'll have a moment of kind of like oh that felt good (laughs) 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 oh my god someone said something next to me and they kind of don't know how to react for a second (laughs) for some reason i got a a visual of will ferrell and elf just now just like discovering everything new Like a pretty girl smiles at them and says something nice to them. Like men will remember that shit forever. Okay. They love that. And again, like this is something that I feel like the black pill community would drag the fuck out of me for because, oh my God, you did something nice for a man. It means you hate women. Like, no, you just have to be strategic. Yeah. Be strategic. Touch grass. Literally go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Interact with people. Yeah. Just being a jerk all the time. Well, I almost want to give them like that old school book, like how to win friends and influence people. I mean, that's (laughs) just very basic one-on-one and like people skills. It's basic social skills. Yeah, exactly. Like... (laughs) So when your feminism Uh. conflicts with basic people skills. Yeah, it's not going to be very effective, and that's that's part of the problem. It's not going to be good for you, and it's not actually going to challenge the dominant value system as well. It's easy to dismiss them. Guys don't give a shit about fucking compliments. And it sucks, but it's true. Yeah, and also, it will also upskill the entire class as well. If other men see, you know, men who treat women well getting everything that they wanted, then either they will try to step up and be like those men, because men, they do look at what other men are doing, or they won't, and they will just crash out of the gene pool. So it's a win-win, even for men. Yeah. Also, I wanted to follow up with my, you know, complimenting men thing. I also wanted to say actually that most men are so attention starved. They rarely receive positive attention. I think a lot of men have a maladaptive coping mechanism where even negative attention is still seen as attention to them. And so ladies, if you're trying to- What? 
influence men, I would say don't like negatively reinforce things that you don't like. I would just say like, it's like training a dog, like just ignore the behavior that you don't like and positively reinforce the behavior that you do like. Because if you negatively reinforce things, it might actually create a weird feedback again, because they're so attention starved that they'll do the bad thing over and over and over again to try to get more negative attention. The worst thing you can do to men is just ignore him, honestly. Every toxic relationship I was in. Oh, I mean, are you kidding me? That's like my dream is to just be ignored. I had to admit that like I would engage with the negative shit. And so what Lilith is saying is spot on. You have to disengage completely with the, any type of negative behavior. Gray rock that shit. Not even gray rock, but just like literally be above it because otherwise they'll kind of suck you into that negative pow power dynamic. Yeah, that's true. And it's really, really unhealthy. That's and that's true. when you start to get into how sometimes women react poorly because of reactive abuse, et cetera. Like you have to practice not reacting to men's poor behavior. At minimum, don't react. If you can like poke holes in whatever nonsense they're doing to give them a little bit of self-awareness. If they're repeatedly doing that, then jump ship, abandon ship. <laughs> Yeah, if you really want to twist the knife, could like roll your eyes and maybe laugh at him a little bit and just oh, dismiss wow. him. Just be very dismissive at twist most. Like the that's knife. the most interaction you want. Just make him feel like a little wounded little boy in that moment. And you know, that's like the only negative emotional reaction that might actually cause him to not do that. But like again, you mainly just have to ignore them. It's just ultimately classical conditioning, ultimately. Exactly. Yeah. And I think honestly, as women, our feminist activism needs to contain at least some, I feel, of like conditioning, you know, of like this is leadership actually, is just positively reinforcing the behavior that you like and then correcting or ignoring the behavior that you don't like. That's how you influence people to do what you want. And if we're going to change anything as feminists, I don't think changing men like as a class is possible, but a few individual men and rewarding good behavior is something that we can do. Yeah. Agreed. And so in terms of other values, and I think that- It like fucking sounds like a dog training podcast. Men fall into this trap of, they have to be the mirror image of a high value man. So, you know, if their idea of a high value man is say, you know, let's say he's a bodybuilder, they have to be super fit. If he enjoys things like, you know, for example, gaming, there's a difference between being a Kuma gamer and just playing with games, by the way. So I'm referring to the latter, not the former, um, that they have to be super into it as well. And I actually think it's actually quite nice and perhaps healthy to have some hobbies or interests that you don't share, like, necessarily with your partner because like firstly it's like you don't have to find your mirror image in a partner to have a happy relationship and oh, perhaps shit. you know most importantly secondly is that if you have interests or hobbies that your partner doesn't share with you that will also encourage you to share them with other people so you can start to build that village of people who do share your interests or some of your interests and hobbies as opposed to just relying completely on on their partner and their circle of friends because i've come across so many women who you know let's say they're both into gaming and obviously gaming is a very very male dominated field this is just an example and they'll come to find that all their friends are their partner's friends and as we've spoken about in previous episode where we said that if all your friends are are sort of in the same friend group as your partner you have no friends and it's problematic and also women as well like you don't have to necessarily strike yourself out just because you're not the mirror image of your idea of a high value man so let's say if you want a guys do this like have these hobbies to get away from women they don't want to be like oh i wish we all had the same hobbies and who is super fit you don't necessarily have to be that yourself yeah there's actually this tiktok couple where there's i can't remember their name but it's a oh alicia mccall mccallville alicia i saw that one is that the one where yeah where the guy's like a bodybuilder and she's overweight but they still lift weights together yeah like she still lifts by the way but she just happens to be also overweight and so oh my god they're such a cute couple but they get so much hate and it's so mean like but there are some guys where yeah they'll be fit for themselves because that's just the aesthetic they like on themselves and they just are attracted to curvier women and like yeah. there are some men who are the, the opposite fetish. who are doughy themselves and they like women who are fit we make fun of them all the time oh come on that's like, that's like most of the men with dad bods let's be real <laughs> yeah, most of the men. That's... 
<laughs> it's not exactly the same thing. Uh, <laughs> to be real, right? So I want to say, like, just because men can have that kind of audacity, I want to be like, ladies, you are entitled to have that kind of audacity, too. It does not matter what you look like. You're allowed to have your standards. I'm so tired of the body positivity movement being focused on, like, oh, all women are beautiful. It's like, who cares if you're beautiful or not? Like, you should still have standards for- You're all beautiful queens. Men, it, not being attractive has never not once stopped a man from making demands of women, period, right? Yes. So, Thank yeah. you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> just make demands just because you exist and you have a right to look at things that are pleasing to your eyes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it goes beyond looks as well. Exactly. Even things like women just feel like I have to have my shit together. Like I have to be in my dream career. I have to have my own house. Like, And obviously, if you want to do that personally, that's fine. I think it also feeds the narrative that women, they have to bring, for example, more to the table in quotation marks to even get a look in from men or even from a high value man. And that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I want to say actually, like, you know, men often say they'll frame this in a very anti-woman way. They'll be like, men don't want women who want careers. Like a man who's career oriented, he wants like a stay at home wife. You know, he doesn't want to career woman yada 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 kind of thing but i will say though that like most men actually who are wealthy themselves like they do want a woman within the same social class as them most of the time i find that there are a lot of men where they just want a woman that they can be happy with and they don't really it's care. easier i guess relate to on a level like high value men do admire women who are ambitious and have goals and interests and hobbies and stuff but they don't necessarily expect the woman to be at or above him like if he's like a doctor he'll be happy with a woman who's like in med school or you know someone who's a nurse or something like that right like different men like different things as well right so not all men like the exact same thing some men actually do want a woman who's really career oriented and like you know boss babe kind of thing right uh, and some men are not as into that it just depends on the lifestyle boss that you want babe. and so I'm, I'm very much encouraging people to be honest about how they want to live how they want their day-to-day -day to be like just think about and go through your day about how do you want to have your relationship structured and so when you're thinking about that that's when it starts to become more obvious about like okay what does my partner need to have and for in order for me to have the relationship that I want and when it comes to things like status etc like obviously if you want to take time off and like be a stay-at-home mom then like is more important to date a guy who has more finances or who can take care of you on a single income right more so than someone else who's like no I like my career I may or may not have kids and even if I do have kids I probably won't want to do the stay-at-home mom thing then it probably matters less you know we'll never tell you to date a bum by any means but like you know it's just a more or less weighing what you want and it's a complex set of factors about what you want and then seeing how you can find a man who fits in with your lifestyle and i think men are somewhat like that too they're unfortunately just socialized to always see women as a support role in their life and so they're very very like I mean, utilitarian nurturers and when it comes to how they look at women's roles in their life and it can be very very oppressive and basically i'm thinking that like every woman's supposed to structure their entire life around them rather than figuring out like, finding women whose life is more compatible with theirs but i think what FDS is trying to do is change the narrative so that women are thinking very strategically about what they want and then what their partner has to have and like what kind of value can that man bring to your life that would actually be really beneficial to you yeah what do you actually want and not do you For feel sure. like you have to fit into society's like script of how your life is supposed to be yeah and also the fuck are they even think, talking about you know what also prevents women from being honest about what they mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly Tilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One is, you know, it sort of, you know, goes back to basically the crux of FDS is that they also believe that it's unattainable as well. So that's why they convince themselves that they want a certain type of man. I guess the the generic man that 
society says is good for them. I mean, it might be unattainable to them. Opposed to really, really thinking about what it is that they want. Yeah, I think women lower their standards way too much because society always pressures us to settle in things that are actually extremely important. Society doesn't pressure you to settle. Biology does. Happiness. And then women spend a lot of their relationships being miserable. Men don't like have the same problem, right? And like, I think that's entirely not fair. Men are not told to lower their standards to find a wife, right? Like they're told like, no, yeah, she's supposed to cook for you and clean for you. Do this, this, this kind of thing. Like, And even if they do like lower their standards, if she so much as, you know, puts a hair out of line, it's almost carte blanche. Like, you should- I'll be right back. I'm returning. Sorry, I had to go blow my nose. Okay. Go and cheat, or, or they use that to justify seeing prostitute. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys think I just had enough? I go, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done with this. You just will end up settling by the time they hit their like 30s, late 30s. Like they start to feel that like, oh, I want someone to like be my female caretaker kind of thing, and so they'll just take any woman that will like put up with him in the moment. But they'll always keep one foot out the door. No, I think guys are just better at settling. Guys do the math better, and they go like, they, I, I think they kind of figure out like they go, yeah, this is, I like her. Obviously, you know. Yeah, there has to be some sort of connection there. But then you go, yeah. I, I mean, that whole, that, that's like a trap. Like, there's some people probably are on that thing where they're like, you know what, I could do better than this. And then you're like, that's no way to live your life. Sure. Like, they'll always, you know, be open to their dream woman kind of thing. And they'll be doing that till their deathbed. So count on it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. I will share quite a personal story. So when I was about 18, 17, 18, I can't remember the name of the book for the life of me. I read a- What is the name of that uh, politician who shot himself on camera? Everybody's saying they thought I'm going to go kill myself. Really, really good romance novel. Like, really, really good one. And I really, it was like my first and only, well, not my first and only, but one of the few parasocial relationships that I've developed with a literary character. And then about... What the fuck did she just say? She had a parasocial relationship with a literary character... All right, we're going to have to back this up a little bit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. I will share quite a personal story. So when I was about 18, 17, 18, I can't remember the name of the book for the life of me. I read a really, really good romance novel, like really, really good one. And I really, it was like my first and only, well, not my first and only, but one of the few parasocial relationships that I've developed with a... Not the first. ...literary character. And then about years later, I met my partner. And I remember just thinking that you were exactly like that person in the book. It actually creeped me out so much. Ooh, that's cute. So she fell in love with a character in a book and then found that person in real life? Speak the same. They even have like the same name. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And I think I think he was a bit like he wasn't weirded out, but he was so, but he was actually flattered when I told him like you're actually like this character in the book. He was so flattered by that. He just isn't as rich, but never mind. Um, <laughs> just, but yeah, so it just goes to show that you can actually have somebody who is like a fantasy in real life. Yeah, honestly, your fantasy man can exist in real life. And are you still together? And basically, don't let your shitty low values it doesn't sound like screw it. boyfriend get in the way of finding your dream man. Okay, like first of all, like you shouldn't have. It's a- not a dream man. It doesn't like the uh, the way she's talked about it. it seems like they're not together boyfriend anymore. that's like a good enough for now boyfriend if you feel like oh he's just a temporary boyfriend you should probably just break up with him it's that opportunity cost isn't it like every second you spend with a scrote is like less time you could be spending with a guy that you actually want to be with and who'll treat you well yeah never settle ladies eyes on the prize okay like <laughs> you know never take your eyes off. never settle bad advice the eyes off the ball also i just wanted to add that like i think you know people think that it's like weird or unreasonable for women at fds to want a man that like adds value to our life i don't know how do i explain this like never been a question that like 
a wife or a woman in a man's life should add value to his life or make his life easier. Like most men will get a wife because they want someone to be like their caretaker, someone to like cook and clean for them, make their life easier, right? Their mommy bang made. Their mommy bang made, right? It's seen as a given that like it's normal for men to expect their partner to make their life easier. In fact, like that's the whole reason why a lot of men will get into relationships is to have that like life facilitator kind of role, right? It's never been an expectation placed on I don't know if that's true. And that they are supposed to make their partner's life better. Exactly. That's the craziest shit to me. And even in like really, really patriarchal cultures, it's rudimentary. It's uh, mommy McBang man. Three at best and it's lip service about a man's role, right? And cultures where the man has like a role to like provide for his family. It's very, very limited and it comes with so many restrictions and like honestly. And so many like costs, like, right? Like, yeah, the man provides for his family, but he is the sole decision maker on all matters relating to like the family or finance and stuff. Eats the big piece of chicken, sits at the head of the table, like makes all the decisions and it's like the fuck? It comes with so many benefits, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's also, you know, those sorts of, you know, societal structures, you know, for it to work, the women have to be at the very, very bottom. So in places where, you know, what Rose said is the most extreme, you know, women have virtually no rights. So of course, like a shit sandwich is going to taste good if you've been starving for 18 years. Where do women have no rights? Years. Like it doesn't actually improve their life even on any level. It's just, do you know what I mean? It's just less abusive than their previous situation. Yeah. Exactly. If you're so used to having nothing, then, then something is going to be seen as an improvement, even if that something is a literal shit sandwich. Yeah. So I feel like women, you know, have never been raised with the expectation that they should add value to the woman's life. I feel like women have also had that same socialization of feeling like it's unreasonable for us to want a man who adds value to our life or that women who do want that are like gold diggers. You know, they're greedy bitches. Like, you know, they're adding value. You're talking about now just monetarily selfish. They're evil FDS witches like kind of thing, you know, or some people can just make you a better person. It doesn't have to necessarily include money. It's even seen as like abusive for women to want a man to do things for them. I, I don't know. Like they think like, oh, you'd have to abuse a man into treating you that well or something like that. Right. Which is not true. There was a really profound straw poll that was done on the subreddit and you can read the results on the website as well. It was one of the few occasions where the moderators actually allowed uh, men to speak. And the question pitched to them was basically, so what value do you add to a woman's life? And the number of men that couldn't even answer the question or they would say things like men built society, even though they had fuck all to do with it, was actually astonishing. Okay. You didn't build society. I love how they take credit for other great men, right? It's always like men did this. Did you do that? And other great women as well. Other great women. <laughs> yeah. And men won't even let women take credit for women's own ideas, right? But men will take credit for other men's ideas, right? What <laughs> We've always said like, yeah, if it's one woman who's bad, oh, all women are gold diggers. If it's one man who did something good, oh, men built society, right? But it's like, you're a neat. Yeah, it? definitely. There's there's no sort of thing where men are bad. We're not. It's always the neat that are saying that, like, you're contributing nothing to society. Or they'll, they'll say something like, oh, I open jars or whatever, right? It's like, okay, we'll get a jar opener, okay? Like, you don't even need a jar opener, ladies. Like, just do some forearm exercises. Like, train your forearms so that you don't even need a man to open jars. Do some forearm exercises. Yeah, but they don't. For you. Well, they'll say stuff like, I protect my wife. And it's like, who are you protecting her from, though? Other men. It's not women and children you're protecting her from. It's other men. So that doesn't really count. That's almost like you're trying to run a protection racket where you say that your protection is needed, but you're part of the problem. That needs- That's fucking dark. That is real dark of you. You're like, yeah, we're protecting you from the other men who are, you know, we're all in cahoots with them. It's protecting from. That's exactly it. Like, men's protection is like a mafia racketeering <laughs> thing. It's like, they create the problem and then offer themselves up as the solution to it. Textbook Massimo. Textbook Massimo. <laughs> What? Exactly, right? Like, so I'll protect you from myself. And then also men's protection is very conditional. <laughs>
men's protection is also very conditional like why is that funny there have been so many times in relationships where men and this is pre-fds by the way where like a guy would like withdraw the protective things that he did if he was like mad at me or something like for example like he used to walk me home at night or you know make sure that i got home safe or something and then like if we got in an argument or something he'd like leave the restaurant and then like expect me to get home like by myself or something right like so understand and i'm sure you were totally guiltless in that scenario i'm sure you had nothing to do with like men's quote-unquote protection comes with a lot of control and it's very conditional and on like you behave look you're in fucking vancouver you can hop in an uber and get home it's like you act like you're like where were you in a certain way and the moment you stop behaving that way that protection will be withdrawn but in general men should add value to your life in like a financial emotional you know support everything kind of way right and it's not unreasonable to want a man to make your life easier that's what men expect from women all the time i think i remember the post you're talking about guys expect have, women to make their lives easier have no clue okay. why women even bother <laughs> It was the post, right? And it was a post about like us asking men what value they bring to women and then not having a clue as to what it is, like just not being able to describe it whatsoever. And I'm like, this is a problem. Can we link that in the show notes? Like, yeah, I'll see if I can find it on the website. And there was another viral tweet thread that was very similar to that with a lot of men realizing like, oh, this is the first generation of men who have actually had to make themselves likable to women because they can't just get women on a curve anymore because we are financially dependent on them. And a lot of guys are failing. Like they don't have the first or foggiest clue how to actually be attractive to women. And in that gap of understanding, the manosphere just kind of rose up. And the manosphere was bound to happen anyways, because each generation comes with this new, they rediscover patriarchy and misogyny. And every single generation of men thinks it's something new and novel, but it's just a system of oppression to women but the way the manosphere took shout out to the patriarchy off is in that gap and in that vacuum between what they felt or what they were told was attractive to women or like what they said they were going to get or the entitlement they felt to women based on the standards that their fathers and grandfathers had because women didn't have any rights back then and then what they're actually getting right now and they're pissed the fuck off but it's like saying like you're mad because slavery ended right like none of us care right like none of us care that like you can't Whoa, I care. Can get a woman now because you're not actually attractive to women or I see a lot of guys. I actually was reading this um, this thing where back during slavery, actually in America, there were some free um, like black people or whatever, and then they would buy their wives, so their wives would legally be their slaves, and then some of them were like just kind of had enough with the wife, and then just sold her off. And you're like, sorry, it's just business. Complaining that like the amount of effort that it takes to get a woman isn't even worth it anymore because the women don't cook or clean for you, they don't serve you, they don't submit to you anymore. Like, why would I do all this work of becoming a fully well-rounded human being with good people skills and all this and do all this stuff just to get a woman who won't even serve me and it's like okay then don't have a family honestly men like that i don't want them to have partners or families because children learn by modeling their parents behavior men like that i don't want them to have any influence on the next generation in any capacity right so i actually think it's a good thing that those sorts of men are just giving up on relationships and are just choosing not to pursue women anymore so good for them i agree <laughs> a lot of men are unfortunately just not going to be able to adapt to the new reality of like a partner is supposed to be someone that you, you know, that is, it's a partnership, not like a master slave relationship. A lot of men just aren't cut out for that. Yeah. And again, I think that is where a high value man will be different in that they will see their partner or their woman as somebody who is a fully realized human being and he will know what he has to offer as well and what she has to offer. It wouldn't just be a case of, you know, him just saying, because I'm a man, then I deserve all of this or because I'm a man, I deserve basically a slave. Like he'll also know what he has to offer as well. And, you know, questions like also, what do women bring to the table? It won't even come out of his mouth because he'll understand the value of what women bring to his life as well. Childbirth. They'll understand that women have inherent value. Like a lot of these guys are like, oh, what do these women bring to the table? It's like they're misogynistic. They don't see women as valuable unless they fit a very specific role in their life. Yeah, as like Mommy McBang made. And even then, like they don't value those women, by the way. Even the women who do serve them, they don't value that, right? So obviously they're going to be like, oh, well, what do they bring to the table? Again, they don't value women, right? So no point in trying to have a relationship with them. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, so moving on to the final section of this episode. And we just want to briefly touch on, so how can you find a high value man? And I would actually say like, you know, this is where it might pay to try to expand your high value friendships as well. Because a lot of the the high value relationships that I know in real life or the high value people I know who are in relationships, they actually met through friends of another friend. So like at a party or a wedding or that sort of event as well. So, so they did actually meet in person. And even if, you know, say you come across a guy who is high value, but you're not compatible because that can also be another connection that you know, in case he might have high value friends that you are compatible with. I don't necessarily believe that just because you're not compatible with a man that automatically makes him low value like you can be incompatible with high value obviously. men as well and they're so useful to keep around as well so what kind of fucking you can also meet them at work but yeah. I would be careful about workplace relationships especially if you are a woman because yeah tread carefully especially if you're a woman no especially if you're a guy you ever heard of this thing called the fucking me too movement where a bunch of guys who are getting a little grabby at work or just straight up had consensual relationships at work had their entire lives fucking destroyed yeah, God, that's this is a lesson for the guys. No workplace relationship. That one, I would say. And preferably, you would start a relationship maybe once you've either one of you have left the company or transferred to a different department. You wouldn't be having a relationship like, you know, whilst you're both active or highly active in the organization. Even if the relationship is fine, but people... I work. mean, again, this is it's fine for women to do it. They don't get in trouble the same way guys do, but guys, just, you're, you're, you're risking it. Gossip, like one of my old jobs, they used to call it like incest college because so many people were like either dating or shagging somebody else. And... <laughs> Jeez. It wasn't that pleasant because then their relationship became like the source of gossip and that's not really what you want. So just watch out for that as well. Online dating. Now this one will be controversial, but I personally think it is possible to find a high value man online dating. We did a good episode on OkCupid, which you might want to listen to if you want some further guest tips and advice on how to use dating apps in your favor. But for me, the best method is to mix in real life like meetings or trying to meet people in real life and online dating. I don't think, especially for a woman, online dating doesn't have to take up loads and loads of your time. Like I'm not quite fully understanding women who say that it takes up so, so much time. Like I would, like when I was actively dating or looking around, I would maybe swipe for maybe five minutes because if you have your standards and boundaries in place, it makes it much quicker to eliminate the men who will waste your time or who you're not compatible with. Like before you- Maybe even- Savannah does have someone or she's just overdated. Got to a conversation. Yeah, like what do you mean you're spending a lot of time on online dating? It's like- I, don't, I personally don't get it, personally, but... Are you typing paragraphs to these men? Are you typing out a huge novel in your bio? You shouldn't be doing either of those, right? Low effort. Low effort online dating queen here, but... <laughs> yeah, like, pre-screen when you're swiping for all of the values-based questions that you want, then do, like, a Skype meeting so you're not having to drive all the way out to Skype. meet them anywhere. Uh, just give it, like, 15, 20 minutes, make sure they're not a weirdo, um, have a phone call with them, and, you know, just do basic questions, and then go ahead and go on a date if you like the guy. But yeah, you, you almost have to have a funnel system. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Right, I feel like some women, like, they just keep uh, going on these like coffee dates and like that can lead very quickly to exhaustion because some of these guys are crazy right and also like if you're still having to make an effort or create like a sense of intimacy by meeting this guy when you don't want to do that you want to cut them off from the beginning if it's not going to go anywhere and i think too many women invest too much in these guys up front without doing all that groundwork to cut them like weed the men out really really carefully before you actually go on a date yeah and even when you are dating as well there are ways to minimize the time investment on your part so when i was dating initially like dating my partner i would put him in the middle of the day like say between oh, she does have a partner so you've got actually one hour and that's it and then i'd have like, this is like the first time she's referenced meetings it. before and after so it wasn't a huge investment of my time but it was long enough to you know to vet so we didn't do dinners or like coffees 
out until I guess I felt comfortable that I would enjoy his company. But an hour in a day, especially if you work remotely, you can easily fit that in. I should have said this earlier. Ow. The dating app you're doing this on really, really matters. Like I would waste my time on Tinder for that matter because I can see with Tinder, there's virtually no way for you to narrow down the type of men that you want to talk to. So like you will be doing a shit ton of swiping and a shit ton of asking very basic questions. That's really, really exhausting. I would try to go towards the apps that give you more information up front so that you can make your decision up front. I think a lot of the women that are Tinderellas are probably the most exhausted. Yeah. To be fair, even Facebook dating allows you to filter based on like smoking status, their height, if they want children or not, if they're religious, even Facebook dating allows you to do that. So that will save you also a lot of time. Yes, men can lie. But again, at least if you've, you know, filtered out the people who don't meet your criteria, it's a lot more likely that you'll meet someone who does as opposed to it being like a Tinder freefall where if you're a woman and a man, they'll just try and get you to match. Is Facebook dating still around? It's still around. Yeah. I honestly was like, did I hear that correctly? Facebook dating? People... People are dating on... I, I've seen it, but I'm like, people actually using that shit? Yeah, just curious. Never use it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I briefly used it. It wasn't great, but you can filter on certain characteristics and belief systems. So I guess in that regard, it's better than like Tinder. But And just to keep an open mind above all else, like we've previously said, I think it's possible to find like a high value man anywhere across all I guess, social classes and tax brackets. That's not to say that women should date somebody outside of what they want, but they are out there. And unfortunately, there isn't a foolproof tip that will, that will land you with a high value man because an element of this as well after having spoken to people i know who are in good relationships an element of it is luck at the same time and sometimes just being in the right place at the right time or having like you know the right connections at the right time can lead to that as well so there is an element that you can't necessarily control but in terms of the ones that you can it's you know really really worth investing in things like you know your social and professional circles in your work to some degree and keeping an open mind as well like that will all pay dividends regardless of whether or not you find a high value map in my opinion ultimately like people criticize like oh fds they spend so much time like looking for a man kind of thing but honestly all of these things that it takes to quote unquote find a high value man you're investing in yourself and you're improving your quality of life in the process like the things that it takes to find a high value man i don't know get higher value friends you know talk to more people improve your social skills those are things that are going to help you with work and in your personal life as well right not just in dating so yeah it's not just about getting a man it's about improving your overall quality of life including your romantic just improve yourself that's the just i guess as well the reason why i'll just be open and honest here as well but the reason why i'm so optimistic about finding like high value men anywhere is that i found my partner on reddit of all like (laughs) what what you found a high value man on reddit of all places (laughs) of all places yeah (laughs) sorry just putting that out there you're lucky. You Honestly, I think you manifested him by reading that book. You struck gold. You literally found a needle in a haystack. Yeah, sometimes I'm just like, it's actually kind of like weird how like similar they are. And I just found on Reddit of all places, but he's not like a hardcore Redditor, but yeah. Yeah, just a casual Reddit user. <laughs> Aw, that's cute. What? She, how the fuck do you meet a person on Reddit? That is... But yeah, let us know what you think. I mean, you know, what do you think a high-value man looks like? Like, let us know in the comments, actually. And let me say that again. And so, uh, let us know what you think about the episode. 20 more likes and I'll give away another channel membership. And your thoughts on what makes a a high-value man in the comments. We would love to read them. Yes, so that's our show. Check us out on Patreon for bonus content. And you can speak to us on the Discord about this episode and more. All right. That was episode uh, 72 of the Female Dating Strategy podcast the next one we have coming up is the patreon grab bag this is episode 73 they're getting kind of lazy with this by the way so they're just replacing they're using their patreon episodes as their main episodes which seems like you probably should not be allowed to do that 
Um, but they are. I apologize. I don't know if it was just biking over here in the cold, but I now I have a bit of a runny nose. So uh, apologize for that. That must be just absolutely obnoxious to listen to. But I don't, there's nothing we can do about that. Um, okay. Episode 73. Coming up. People saying skip. Uh, this one I will actually put uh, the poll up. Do we want to skip every 73? Uh, skip. Seventy-three. Yes or no? All right. The community has been asked. Um, in the meantime, we will fire this bad boy up. Episode seventy-three of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, which is actually just their Patreon grab bag: Bible porn, Fozzy Bear, and more. Oh, let me just put it on one and quarter speed. I was watching the chat. Some of you are listening on two and a half speed, double speed, which of one and a quarter would be two and a half. Would that is. Uh, not fucking do that okay enjoy the female dating strategy podcast then check us out on patreon patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for extra bonus content exclusive merchandise a discord where you can talk to us directly and our newly launched feature which is the twice monthly war room on the queen tier where our patrons can voice chat with us the podcast monthly war room cast hosts as well as the other members and we'll talk through your dating questions and life issues live and give you the most ruthless advice that we can come up with so check us out on patreon.com forward slash the female dating we have a live war room we've also launched a weekly newsletter you can sign up for the newsletter on our website the female dating strategy.com so lots of exciting things being launched right now i hope you like it and we appreciate your support so check us out let's start the show What's up, queens? What's Welcome up, queens? to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. So, once again, this week's episode is a roast-discroat bonanza. Woo! And dating questions, for that matter. These are all questions slash comments slash stories that have been submitted by our Patreon subscribers, which we are going to read to you and give feedback and roast the ever-loving fuck out of anybody who deserves. Because <laughs> there's some weird feedback we've gotten that wasn't like, it's not a dating question, it's not a queen shit, it's not a roast-discroat, but we just want to talk about it. So, let's jump right in. Let's get right to it. So our very first roast discroat comes from Kit. And she writes, Kit? a quick roast discroat as a reminder to never ignore trusting your gut and definitely don't trust discroat. This took place years ago when I worked as a receptionist at a car dealership. I was 22 and freshly single out of a terrible relationship I'd been in since I was 17. So I was timid about dating someone new, but pretty excited about being an adult in the dating world. Yeah, no, you should... <laughs> she's like, I'm excited about being an adult in the dating world. God, no. There was your first mistake. <laughs> Man, yeah. honestly, to be young and optimistic, I'm still in my 20s, so I'm still young, but like still like to be 22 and optimistic is like, yeah. Oh, I miss those days. Because it makes you feel like you're a grown-up finally when you feel like, okay, I'm in my 20s. I'm going to be out in the town. You know, you're free from your parents. So I get it. It's like a coming of age. So she writes next. So I had my scrotation going on before I knew to call it a scrotation. Okay, queen. So she already came out the gate, right. you know, with a clue here ahead of the game. One guy I was interested in was my coworker with blue eyes and a very confident attitude. This was mistake number one. He was a salesman. So of course he was charming, charismatic, and funny. <laughs> Lilith, do you have something to add to that? <laughs> I will say, all the guys that I've worked with in sales, I always used to say, like, I'm never going to date another guy in sales because all of these motherfuckers are, like, manipulative. They're liars. They all cheat. So many guys in my office, like, cheat on their wives, like, openly at work. It's just very, like, fucked up. So I'm like, I would never date another guy who works in sales. But my boyfriend literally has, like, the same, like, we met when we had the same job. And so, <laughs> so my boyfriend works in sales. And, I mean, he's fine. There's, like, 
Some of them are okay, but most of them He's are trash. Fine. So Your boyfriend is fine. This man already at the beginning of the story. He hang around the showroom floor while waiting for a customer to come in and would frequently hang out around my desk. We would flirt, but nothing too over the line. Just some back and forth, playful picking on each other and having inside jokes about work. Okay. So far, like that's pretty normal, actually. I was interested, but found out from another coworker that he had a girlfriend he'd never mentioned to me before. Okay, time out. Okay, that's a red flag. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, so is that a red flag? I just had a discussion not a even flag, a said. day ago about a coworker who had a girlfriend for a while that I knew him. I was not interested in him whatsoever. In fact, I thought he was closeted. I thought he was actually gay. So I didn't oh. press because I was like, well, he's probably not talking about his personal life when other people do because he's got like, you know, maybe he's not comfortable coming out. Turns out he had like a whole girlfriend. And not only did he have a girlfriend, like he was actively abusive towards her. And it caused a bunch of uh, like <laughs> a bunch of drama like in my uh social yeah, circle so later so but this is a person i met at work so like it's kind of wild like somebody will work with you for years and if they don't want you to know they have a significant other you won't know it's just odd that's another thing i've always found very weird is like most of the guys at work that i know that are married i don't know that they're married from them like whenever we have conversations i know that they're married but they don't know that i know that they're married i'll find out from other people but like they'll still frame conversations like oh on the weekend i went to go do this event with my friends and like you know it's like his wife and his kid right but like they'll frame I mean, you can be friends with your wife and your kids that's kind of the goal, isn't it? Or he's in a way to like leave out the fact that they're married, right? Which is wild, right? Like you have to start that from the beginning. From like the first day you work there, you have to plan to never tell anybody about your wife or girlfriend. Or like I'm the new person at my work, right? And so I'm just like, okay, so there's all these guys that are just like, they meet me and they're like, I'm not going to tell her that I have a wife. Oh, wow. I see. Yeah. But still. I hate men. Yeah. Men so are That's trash. Like one of the many reasons why I hate men, but yeah. So while I still enjoyed joking around, I lost all desire to pursue anything past that. He didn't seem to notice, and eventually his girlfriend came to see him at work, and it was no big deal. So I convinced myself that the flirting was just in my head, and he must just be a friendly person. He was a salesman, after all. They like that ambiguity, in my experience. I previously worked in sales, so I know sometimes it's hard to switch out of that charismatic persona. This was mistake number two. Flash forward a few months, and I no longer worked at the car dealership. Not exactly my dream job anyways. After a couple of weeks of not being employed there, I get a Snapchat from the group. He added me on Snapchat while we worked together. It was more popular at the time, but didn't add me on any other social media. Yeah, Snapchat is like the specifically like the cheaters app. Yeah, definitely. So especially if they don't want to add you anywhere else on social media, like that's kind of odd. If it's yeah, just Snapchat, so. yeah, that's not good. I was such so sure. Cool. I mean, she also said she's 20 or something, wasn't didn't she? Isn't that... Or flirty comments during the small talk combo i asked outright about his super serious girlfriend i knew he had he sends me a sad face and told me they broke up recently <sighs> sure lies we're on a break we're separated lies yeah <laughs> i'm in an unhappy marriage we haven't had sex in five years i've heard it all okay like <laughs> when i'm not saying these lies i'm just like immediately reject that as a lie sad face i don't know what it is about emojis but only fuckboys use emojis you know what i'm saying yeah i use emojis all the time but i don't trust men that use emojis I like emojis. I like emoji. Right. I'm like suspicious of men that use emojis. <laughs> I think it's because I mean, you, you hate men though. Feel like their communication's not going to be straightforward and you can feel the emotional manipulation behind it. Yeah. I feel like when women communicate, we want to convey nine more likes and I'll give away a channel membership. Smash that. Like emotions button. through text. When women try to convey emotions through text, there's usually not a sinister reason for it. When men try to communicate <laughs> emotions through text, I'm like, I feel emotionally manipulated. Yeah. And it just comes across as immature as well. Like, use your words, Scrooge. I mean, women are the like masters of them. Um, emotional manipulation though it's just it's weird that they say that like they don't they're not the best at it exactly with that out of the way i gave myself permission to flirt back a little he was cute and funny so what was the harm so we're texting so back funny. and forth talking and the conversation starts to heat up from flirting to sexting Ooh. if you read the conversation you couldn't disagree mm. yeah i mean this is the problem uh. with like turning the conversation sexual when a guy hasn't taken you out on a formal date 
yeah yeah i mean i'm all for flirting but yeah i would say like it's a fine line because like the line between like flirting and like actually making it like raunchy is like i don't know guys tend to push that line i would just say something like oh you know maybe we could hang out sometime or maybe like to like say something to imply that i'd be okay with seeing him outside of work and see if he asks me on a date and if he doesn't then i'd just end the conversation because i don't want that shit in writing like (laughs) he was dropping heavy hints that he wanted to come see me that night but didn't directly ask so i didn't offer smartest decision i could have made yeah no i agree because maybe not even three days later, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see a video that tags someone I had added as a friend, some acquaintance I didn't remember adding. And coincidentally, it's this Groat's, quote, ex-girlfriend who posted it. Oh my God. Wait, oh my God. What? She says it's a mutual friend. So someone else that she had added. Oh, and it pops up sometimes. Yeah. Tagged the girlfriend of this guy. Well, okay. Small world. Yeah. I recognize her face in the video of what looks like her birthday party or something. I was curious and kept watching. Then out of the corner of of the screen walks up, you probably already guessed, the guy who 72 hours ago was texting me about railing me in a bathroom. (laughs) In a bathroom? (laughs) In a bathroom? Is that what you said, Rose? Yes, railing her in a bathroom. Okay, romance. In the loo? Oh, wow. So romantic. (laughs) The British people say that. be like, I won't rail you in the loo. Next to the dirty soap and uh, hair crumbs and used tampons and shit. Yeah, like gross. That's disgusting. I was quite shook. Like when I was active in like the BDSM community, like the number of men who just yeah. shamelessly flirt when they had a girlfriend and they would even say it in the same conversation. And then they would just be like, oh, we can have a threesome. I'm just like, fuck off. Oh, you know, we can watch, you know, my girlfriend can watch us fuck. I'm like, fuck off even more. That sounds not fun at all. Like why for anyone except for the men? Why would you do that? It honestly, like honestly made me really, really cynical. And at one point I literally swore off men because it's like, they're just so unashamedly oh i don't even know how to describe it. they're just so unashamedly shameless about cheating on unashamedly their girlfriend behind their back. and when i even used to say to one of them so if you knew that your girlfriend was talking the way you're talking to me to another dom how would you feel and he was like oh i wouldn't like it i'm like there you fucking go then congrats to zach got the membership good on your pal oh, honestly never underestimate the lack of empathy that men have and the boundaries they have at the same time especially low value men they have some of the strongest boundaries because the behavior that or like the way they treat women and their girlfriends they will never tolerate that behavior if it was done to them mm, of course not mm. men are just greedy that's the thing like men who cheat they are just fucking greedy like they'll have a perfectly good wife at home or good girlfriend at home and they just want more right and so i think that's why i think the solution is for women to be more greedy like i think it's okay for me to flirt the way that i talk just normally is sort of flirtatious slightly and um if my boyfriend ever had a problem with that i'd probably break up with him but i I have a problem with men who talk like that so yeah i support double standards like that but it's also annoying lilith because these men are so audacious like goes from like yeah you want to do that and i do do that but if a guy did that that to literally look like they've come from the depths of Isengard from the orc pit and they'll still be trying to fucking flirt. It's so audacious. And these women, they are so much, you know, more attractive. They can easily attract more men. And it's like, you can barely attract one woman and you're treating her like shit. Like, that's just like, it's the audacity that gets to me. Really. It's the yeah. audacity. Side note, I just gotta ask, anybody want to chime in from our audience? Like, what is with the bathroom sex? Yeah, I don't get that. I've never had sex in, in the bathroom. So I worked at bars and bar bathrooms are always gross, even though people try to fuck in there occasionally. And I don't get it. I'm like, it literally smells like piss water and vomit like yeah. it doesn't get me in the mood like it doesn't make me horny to be there yeah <laughs> you're right like you're better off trying to like sneak it in like in the vip section in the back yeah like i don't know <laughs> if you're that horny and shit or like people having sex like behind the dumpster you know behind the bar like just you know i don't know maybe it's because i'm canadian and i'm spoiled and we have all these beautiful amazing parks that you could go to have sex with you if you want sex in public oh yeah why don't you just fucking head on over to banff and have a uh, have sex in banff the forest right so having a bathroom is like why I just had a flashback of being maybe about 12 or 13 and walking past a bar sometime in the evening and and watching some what looked to be a homeless woman blowing a homeless man. And I think that it might have been my first visual of like what that looked like. 
in the back of an alley for them. but yeah i understand because they don't really have any place to go but like if you have a place to go why the bathroom yeah why the bathroom yeah or why like some i don't get it yeah yeah people are freaky he walks up to her kisses her and smiles at the camera the video was posted three hours ago and the fucking cherry on top he then spins around gets down in one knee and proposes to her oh <gasps> no. oh shit snap ola he broke up my ass yeah oh fuck that's like a plot twist i was not expecting after I picked my jaw up off the floor, I used it to laugh my ass off. I didn't even bother to call him out. He clearly knew what he was doing. Block and delete. As for the other girl, I wish I could tell you I exposed him and saved the princess from the dragon, but he was calculating enough to use Snapchat where the messages disappear, so I had less than no proof. Also, checking out her socials, I saw she had some pretty misogynistic opinions on other women. Uh, yeah. See, when you see that shit, like, yeah, don't even bother. Yeah, I'm not sticking my neck out for you. Yeah, and she's gonna blame you. She'll blame you and she just won't believe you. But at the same time, though, I'm still somewhat of a fan, even if they don't believe me. But at least I can just say, I told you. Like, I used to all the time. Like, I'd find out. Because, like, men are pretty fucking stupid, especially low-value men. So they would tell me, like, their girlfriend's <laughs> socials, thinking that I would look at it to find a Low-value men are the stupidest men. ...attractive so he could have a threesome. And I will just send her the screenshots. <laughs> What she did with that is not up to me. What she did with that was not up to me, but at least I told her because I just feel like if I am in a position to tell her and I don't, I feel like I'm complicit. Yeah, that's true. Also, you know, honestly, just cause chaos. I mean, low-value men, they rely on women's silence. You know, whether they're abusive or low-value, they rely on women not saying anything, especially warning other women. So I don't want to be part of that culture. I do generally say it is a good idea to warn women. And sometimes even if she ends up being a shitty person, it's like, why not just cause chaos in their life anyways? Exactly. And at least you've told her. And at least you've told her. Like, it's not like you're keeping it a secret. Yeah, you've taken the moral high road. So I got to confess, I didn't tell, I actually had a building we used to live in and I was renting out my extra parking space to a neighbor who had a wife and kids. And immediately when he came down to like, he would basically come down and give me rent for the parking space I was renting him every month. And then like every single time he would start to ask me out and I didn't say anything because they lived in the building. I don't know. I felt weird because they had like a kid. I really wanted to tell her like when I saw her, like your husband isn't shit, but I'd never figured out how to say it. And I was like kind of afraid of him being a psycho and then like stalking me. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you're stupid enough to try to like hit on someone who That's lives in your building, yeah, that, like literally lives in the same building. That is fucking I mean, obviously insane. I wouldn't, you know, recommend it if it's going to put the woman in harm's way. Definitely not. But, you know, where possible, I think that women, we just sort of need to have each other's backs. Even women who like the woman in this story, she's got misogynistic views, she's a pick me. But it's not so much about the individual woman. And it's more about, you know, rejecting this idea that if a guy is shitty, that we have to keep it to shitty. ourselves. Because ultimately that only benefits the shitty men in society. It's true. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to blow up this spot. Like, how would you have done it? Just commented on the video? I feel like I would just commented on the video. No, no, no. I would have, again, like the BDSM, I would have just gone along with his bullshit. And then either just outrightly ask you on a threesome or something. You know, can I see what your girlfriend looks like or something like that? She's like those fucking pedophile hunters, but for non-pedophiles who will just like get them dead to rights, you know? And then just did it that way. That's what I do. The men are stupid as hell, especially when they think there is a threesome at the end of it. That's what works for me. They would always give it up anyway. And then I'll just go and like send her the screenshot saying, like, by the way, you know, this is what your dom's doing. I thought you should know about it. Honestly, your like... dom is... is what your dom's doing. She's got a ball gag in. There's so many married men that make flirty comments towards me or that hit on me, but they never like leave it. I'm... But you do that too. Maybe that's why they're fucking flirting because you just said that you're always flirty with everybody i have an opportunity where it's in writing most of these guys are smart like especially the older guys like they know not to leave that shit in writing at least the guys that i like at my work and stuff i'm like vince mcmahon <laughs> yeah I've, I've not had that many opportunities to to blow up a skirt's life <laughs> 
I'm actually trying to think like have there been missed opportunities where I could have blown up a guy's life and I didn't I mean there's ones that were like unrelated to like cheating but the cheating specific ones like I mean I've never like flirted with like I've never knowingly had a relationship with a married guy I've heard of cases where you know the other woman she has a relationship with a man she knows that he's married and then when the relationship doesn't work out that only then she'll tell the wife or whatever as like a well fuck you like as a retaliatory thing kind of thing so I've heard of that happening but I've never knowingly had dated a married man like maybe there's been guys that like turned out to be married after the fact and stuff but like you know that wasn't really the opportunity has not yet presented itself to me at least not in a way that would like you know i feel like if i were to complain about every married guy that flirted with me i would just like totally toast my connections and like you know burn it down <laughs> burn it all <laughs> i mean my life would be like you know people would think i'm a bitch and i'd be like you know there'd be so many people i'd be complaining about that it would just end up reflecting negatively on me you know what i mean so it's tough that's something for me to think about more because i do enjoy ruining men's lives i'm trying to think how do i do it in a way that doesn't ruin my mm. life right that's really what it came down to i mean she's ruined all of our lives so right because the multitude of times where i had a guy try to talk to me on the slide when he knew he had a girlfriend it was like this would be more of a problem for me and i'm like i'm sure your girlfriend knows because of how like ancient you are in front of a lot of people right because like some guys just aren't even sneaky and that's what's fucked up right it's confusing but anyways so we continue i don't know her and i don't want to judge but if you ask me i'd say she gave big pick me vibes so i couldn't do much to help i'm sure he's out there somewhere reoffending, and she'll know soon enough yeah and that's just sad to be honest that just seems to be it's just so common yeah no her story checks out i know guys like that at my work all the time that's why i always used to say i'd never date a guy in sales it's like dating a cop like they're just like (laughs) they're fundamentally flawed like I feel like the sort of person who's drawn to this career, like they just have a certain underlying personality that makes them not. You're in sales. Desirable. You do that job partner but yeah alrighty so thanks Kit for that rose to scrot the fucking audacity of that man next up we have a dating question from Anonymous and the question asks when would you end a marriage versus a relationship do you think marriages are worth doing more work and making more exceptions for after the initial vetting process my husband has gotten more conservative the longer we have been married three years and I've become more liberal I've never been one to equate politics with my ability to connect with someone as long as the core value of caring for people and respecting humanity is there I feel like with COVID the right wing media propaganda sucked him in deep that's tough yeah he started to say insensitive things. I'll give examples without the context. He says things lightheartedly. Examples without the context? But it disturbs okay. me because they are aligning with his beliefs. So he'll say, well, my vote cancels out your vote anyway, so it doesn't matter what you do. You're slipping, referencing our shared faith because you are pro-choice. What? Do you believe old men can marry children now too? I don't understand that, what he's trying to say here. That's yeah, what... the, the context would have helped there, actually. He said, he says, well, my vote cancels out your vote anyway. I mean, that's true. His vote does cancel out her vote. It's like when they go to the polls, they're like, literally, I mean, it's kind of a sweet deal where you go, neither of us have to go vote because, like, it's pointless. So it doesn't matter what you do. I'm assuming the second sentence is her responding, saying, you're slipping, referencing our shared faith because you are pro-choice. What? Do you believe old men can marry children now, too? Uh, I'm so confused. Well, it sounds like he's pro-life and she's pro-choice. Yeah, I'm a little bit confused, too. Sorry, Opie. Most disturbingly, as of late, in so many words, he said, I'll be able to be kinder to you if you sleep with me more. It's hard for me to want to be kind if we aren't having sex. Man, fuck this, dude. No, okay. Your husband's literally abusive. Fuck this guy. No, dude. Let me tell you why this pisses me off so much. Because this is like, if they're like Christian, it sounds like they're some flavor of uh, Christian. All of the Christian books are all about how like women owe men sex and that like these guys like won't be nice to them. And like, it's basically justifying men's emotional abuse if women don't have sex with them. And I'm like, what is sexy about a guy trying to emotionally manipulate you into sex nothing so if he's getting into right-wing propaganda he's absolutely on the path where they're telling him like if your wife doesn't have sex with you this amount of times she's not doing her god-given duty <laughs> like god made one man and one female you know 
I love that accent, bro. Please do that voice for Male and female, he created them. You know, <laughs> I think also the Christianity today is just such a crapshoot of what it should be because even though it's often, you know, commonly believed that the Bible is very anti-sex and it's very, you know, one-sided towards a man, which part of it is true. But at the same time, there's also like an entire book. I think it's called The Song of Solomon. That's basically about a man and a woman just enjoying each other's bodies, having really cool sex, being really romantic. I mean, it's just Bible porn though. What's cool sex? <laughs> Bible porn? What? <laughs> I mean, but it's interesting, but that is never taught in sermons. That book is ignored in sermons. You know, why is that? But then you hear from idiots like Paul the Apostle. He was like, Paul the Apostle. Like, you can only not have sex if you both agree that you don't want to have it. So basically, if a woman doesn't want to have sex with her husband anymore for whatever reason, like, she needs his mutual agreement before they can stop having sex. Like, I think Paul was a slight incel, to be honest, from the sounds of it. 100% incel. Paul the Apostle was an incel? Yeah, 100%. But it's just like, you know, why is that book? It was basically like, because I basically read the Bible in a year when I was super religious. And I was honestly shocked at that book because it's so different to what we know or to what Christianity nowadays teaches about sex. I've never heard of that book until I read the whole thing. And I'm like, damn. So the Bible isn't anti-sex in the way that it's taught. I mean, I learned about Song of Solomon and they do put that. It's like a lot of it just kind of like making more people. Basically the long, like a gratuitous description of sex and like a woman's body that Solomon does. But again, I just feel like it's biblical porn. I guess. feels like some scrote that's just like describing his wife in like this mad like sexual way that we're supposed to feel like is inspiring but it still feels like objectifying as hell to me yeah i get that okay i'm reading it now it's not that long can i just read the like first the few bible objectifies women lines because that's really just to give a uh, little teaser to the listeners who are like what the fuck are they talking about it's like the song of songs of solomon the bride confesses her love let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for your love is better than wine your anointing oils are fragrant 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 your name is oil poured out therefore virgins love you draw me after you let us run the king has brought me into his chambers what <laughs> what I'm hard. That's in the Bible? Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah, this, doesn't this just sound like some fake like porn setup to you? Like, it just sounds like some fake dialogue they're giving to a woman to set up the rest of the shit where he just goes in about her body. I guess it was more, though, like the way... I don't know. I mean, for me, though, I still think that book or that narrative... It basically stands apart from the way like sex is subsequently taught. Paul the Apostle, the one that Savannah fell in love with from the the book or about in the Bible, because it's the only, even though I guess biblically, like looking back, it still has a very very misogynistic spin. But it seems to be the only part of the Bible where sex can be somewhat enjoyable for the woman, and it can be a mutual activity. So when he starts talking about her body and the stuff that they're doing, it seems like the most mutual exchange. If you see what I mean. Anytime you know sex is like spoken about anywhere else in the Bible, it's basically don't do it. And if it is like spoken about in the context of a marriage, it still has so many rules. God will smite. That yeah, basically like Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, I read ahead some more. It was like, my beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh that lies between my breasts. Whoa! There's more like, you go to like, I think it's chapter seven. It's like, I don't even know the chapters. That's what Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a master hand. Your navel is a rounded bowl that never lacks mixed wine. Your belly is a heap of wheat encircled with lilies. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Isn't that cute? Did you memorize that? Are you reading that? No, I'm reading. Oh, hell no, I didn't memorize this. Okay. (laughs) I'm reading it. Oh my god, wow, we just read Bible porn. Anyways. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was like, every time I read this, it's like, she's like, yeah, you know, the woman just seems very passive. And then like, he's like, all of, like, it just sounds like a very pornographic description to me, but. I mean, I that stand. That sounds no, pornographic. I stand Bible porn. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I haven't read the whole thing, but I just think me as a godless heathen, I love the juxtaposition of like Bible porn. I don't know why. That's just like delightful to me. I'm just, I just learned this for the first time today. So thank you. <laughs> 
it's such a juxtaposition to like the general doom and gloom of sex ed in the bible i just find it so different exactly thy two breasts are like two young rows that are twins i mean this is incel like porn shit but when do incels comment on women's breasts though apart from when they want to tear what are you talking about everything's incel the bible's an incel the joints book? of thy thighs are what? like jewels the work of the hands of a cunning worksman like <laughs> i mean i kind of think that's adorable in a way like the the, the whole like my lover is like a sachet of myrrh between my breasts i was like whoa okay that's like some steamy shit but like yeah the <laughs> like wow okay uh anyways back to the question i love how every time someone asks a question we want a random tangent anyways hope you enjoyed that it's just to bring everyone else up to speed about the bible and like what we're talking about when we're talking about how the bible talks about sex so let's just finish the discussion then we'll talk about some more of the details but the reason why i went off is because i was like oh yeah that's a massive red flag i'll be able to be kinder to you if you sleep with me more it's hard for me to want to be kind if you aren't having sex that's the last sentence i said that's like really coercive actually and so op writes truthfully i'm very coercive in the bible in a dating relationship of course it ended i'm very dependent on him having no family besides a brother who offered his house if I decide to move out. Furthermore, me and my husband have a mortgage together and the cherry on top, he put 50K of our 65K savings into crypto. Oh, Lord. No. Oh, no. Okay. I'm 25 and he's 31. We met when I was 21 and we got married by 22. Dress laughing because this sounds like the horror story you read on our relationships, but it's my life. Goodness. So basically they got married when she was 22 and he was 28. Mm, That's slightly problematic. Yeah. How the fuck? That's problematic? Fucking hell. They're in their 20s. They're both in their 20s. Uh, He's six years older than her. So yeah. So like, I think if it's more than a five-year age gap and one of the parties is under 25, I'm kind of... She's literally making this up right now. Whatever she's about to say, I can hear it in her voice that she's currently making this up. Sus. I was going to say that same. Because at 22, you're still like, I couldn't fathom. You're still mentally a child. I meet like 22-year-old guys. At 32, you ladies are still mentally a child. At work, and I'm their boss. And these like guys are flirting with me, but they're like children to me. Like the idea of anything happening between me and them just makes me feel dirty, right? And so I'm like, how do men, you know, the genders are reversed, but the age gap is the same. Like, how do they rationalize that themselves? It's disgusting. So to answer your question, I guess we'll dissect it. When would you end a marriage versus a relationship? In this case, these are massive, massive red flags like him going down the red pill this definitely sounds like a guy who's getting red pilled and then he was really dumb enough to put your savings in crypto (laughs) so he's the type of person that is ripe for that kind of grift so it makes me worried for both his like general judgment as a person as well as the fact that he's specifically going down this red pill path so i'm like personally i would abandon shit but i also think maybe if he hasn't shown anything up until this like maybe might be able to figure out if it's temporary and maybe go to counseling like attempt to go to counseling and just like see where his head's out and see if he can snap out of it but like with the age gap and him specifically he needs to go to like conversion therapy but for red pill conversion therapy the falling for this shit makes me feel he's either maybe massively too immature to be married and also that he may get worse in which case that's going to be very dangerous for you so i would definitely definitely be like secretly planning to my escape this doesn't read to me like you have to leave right now but you should definitely like start giving yourself an escape hatch and then at the time like tell him like we need to go to counseling like this is unacceptable like set a boundary i don't think counseling's a good idea i would temporarily separate honestly i think this is the chronic issue and counseling especially when there is clearly abuse going on it's too late like it's not gonna work and i partly think that this is sort of where i i mean i guess i personally don't like see because i personally see marriage as like purely a business decision that's not that i'm not going to love the person that i marry but i wouldn't like marry like somebody unless there was a financial benefit to it so i see it a bit differently but i believe that if the terms of the marriage have been broken which they have been in that he's not the person that you thought he was he's abusing you then it's completely okay to walk away just without working on the or like for example working on the relationship with quotation marks at all because by sending in this question it's clear that she has tried to figure it out that she's trying to i guess adapt her behavior to what he 
is doing and it hasn't worked so to be honest i'd even say just abandon ship like you're young you can start again don't get sucked into the whole i don't want to get divorced and you know what? part of the reason why i think divorce stigma tends to be worse towards women is that divorce is a way out for women out of shitty marriages and so if society stigmatizes you know women getting divorced like women are less likely going to see it as a way out of a shitty relationship and again who does that benefit shitty men so i just abandoned ship sis yeah, you're, she's 26. Oh, she's 25. She's young. Yeah, you got lots of time to find a new husband. She's young. That is she's true. The only reason I say, like, try marital counseling is, like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you marry someone and if they're not, like, if you don't feel like they're a danger to you, like, maybe you owe it to your spouse. I don't know if I, I maybe personally feel that way to, like, try one more time than you would in a relationship you weren't married. Yeah, the original question, okay, so the original question was, like, you know, if you're, if there's something wrong with your husband, do you, like, what was the original question? It was, like, do you put more effort into trying to fix an imperfect relationship? Yeah, do you think, when would you end a marriage versus relationship? Do you think marriages are worth doing more work and making more exceptions for after the initial vetting process? So I want to reframe the question a little bit, because the reason why we have the vetting with FDS is to try to prevent a situation where you're in a marriage and you're like, this is a guy where if we were dating, I'd break up with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the goal, it's like, if you're in this situation, it's almost like, I wouldn't say it's too late, but I would say that, you know, if you're married and you're finding yourself like, oh, this person has traits that if we were dating, I'd break up with them. Like if it was minor, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like, what's a minor thing that I would tolerate in marriage, but would break up with in dating. I can't think of a single example, right? But if it's something like petty, like, and you have kids and a house together, then maybe, okay, yeah. If it's like small and it's not related to abuse and it's not driving you crazy or anything like that, then okay, maybe, yeah, you learn to put up with maybe. But like, I'm talking about like small things, like, I don't know, they wear mismatching prints or something like, you know, really petty, right? not like fundamental like disrespect i gambled all our life savings on bullshit yeah actually that actually makes me <laughs> most mad. the biggest thing actually and i wanted to follow up with what savannah said about seeing marriage as a business contract that's the other thing is you are allowed to walk from an unfavorable business relationship it happens in business all the time actually uh companies dissolve partners quit it's harder but it does happen right and it does happen all the time where businesses yeah it happens in fucking marriages too it's called divorce you know people will decide to partner up and have a business together and then if one person makes an extremely bad financial decision without consulting the other partner yeah a lot of the times the business like ends like they decide the partner that was scored decides like fuck this like we can't recover from this or they decide to walk away right that happens all the time actually so yeah, I think honestly, just the whole 50,000 in crypto alone, that would be like, imagine if you paired up with someone to start a restaurant, and then they decided to like, I don't know, order $50,000 of like food that was you end up having to throw away because of a stupid decision or something. I don't know, like imagine wasting that much money, and then you're both fucked. It's like, may as well at that point, just sell the business, try to recoup your loss as much as you can and move on. At that point, the business relationship is damaged. You can't continue working together, honestly, at that point. I think for me, I just draw the line if there's any hint of abuse, if you're dating somebody or in a marriage, it's like, that's a death blow to the relationship because abusive people don't change. Like this is the number one thing that Lindy Bancroft said is that they do not change. So there is no point sticking around because it will only get worse. So I think you can work on issues of marriage. Absolutely. As long as there is not abuse in the marriage or in the relationship, if it's abuse, then it's, you need to discard it. I'd say. Yeah. The line about like, I would treat you better if you had sex with me more. That's coercive control. Like dump immediately. It's coercive. And the fact that I wouldn't be surprised if this guy eventually baby trapped her because he's saying things like, oh, because you're pro-choice. So he's assuming, I'm assuming that he's not pro-choice. It's also when she says, you know, my husband, that he's gotten more conservative the longer we- Well, he's, it's, he's dating a libtard is the problem. Been married. So his views are getting worse over time. This isn't someone you have a future with, I'm sorry. Or a happy future with. I think I agree well, with you guys and I might actually change my answer. The hen said so. Time to divorce the guy. It's gonna be like it is since she's saying like she's kind of dependent on him right now. I'm trying to give you like some buy you some time here, but like you definitely probably need to wrap this marriage the fuck up. Um, because the biggest wrap red flag. Just take your brother's house and bail. Yeah, and the other thing too is he's, if he's this financially irresponsible and you're still married, it could affect you as well. So I think in this case, like reading this, like it's Look, obvious anybody could have put fifty grand into cum rocket. It was a sure thing. This marriage is not beneficial for you anymore. The question is, is like, do you owe him anything at all? And like I think Lily Savannah is saying, like, no 
fuck it. Uh, jump ship actually in agreement with, with them. Do not have a baby with him at all. Don't have a baby with him at all. Not especially not like this yet, because you'll be stuck. That'd probably be like the only thing. Here's the thing. If you're married and you don't have kids together, I'm so quick to, I'm like so quick to be like divorced. Like it's so much easier when you don't have kids. Once you have kids, it's a lot more difficult. And you know, yeah, it can, divorce can traumatize the kids. So you have to like weigh the cost. You have to do your own cost benefit analysis. Like does the potential harms, is the marriage like, you know, so bad enough that like it outweighs the potential harms of like divorce, then yes, divorce. Like the harms are so high. Like, you know, to stay together would be more harmful than to divorce. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you have no kids. You're still more than young enough to get remarried and have more kids if you want to. He's irresponsible with money and he's spiraling into the red pill conserva manosphere. Like all those are <laughs> but also like gives you it gives you more of a reason to end the marriage with little consequence to yourself. So I think you should wrap this marriage up, honestly. Like till twenty five, you're young. You can you can find a non scope to settle down, yeah. Yeah. And the age gap was never good. But also, based on be. your track record, you're probably just going to wind up with a different scrote. Eli, you don't have to see. Like, I'm also a big proponent of like not seeing relationships as having to last forever or even a long time or a life sentence. Like, the minute a relationship stops being, you know, enjoyable or fun for me or the work starts outweighing any benefits, I'm gone. And I don't think that it isn't a failure to bail on a relationship that isn't working for you, in my opinion. Yeah, leave and then, like, absolutely fleece him in court so he can call in the manosphere and talk about how the FDS bitch has told his ex-wife to divorce him. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah so yeah good luck sis. rape is not okay everybody. so yeah this guy can get fucked yeah uh, good luck sis yeah good luck sis and keep yourself safe yeah keep yourself safe yeah let us know what happened we're kind of curious too because we've given our advice here let us know they're what not, you did first off they're not curious they just want to know if they have the influence uh of their podcast to make this chick literally divorce this guy i'm rooting for you so all That's the best, what curious about. yeah i think I'm, I'm switching you guys like get rid of this yeah Actually, don't fuck this guy. Do the opposite. Yeah, fuck this guy. Like, you don't got kids. Like, he's he's about to spend all your life savings. He's going to be one of these guys on the Manosphere just being like, oh, like, the, yeah, like you said, these FDS bitches, like, told my ex bitch ex-wife to, you know, <laughs> divorce rape me. Oh, my life is so horrible. Like, you know, I'm going to go dread game some 20-year-old. Like, <laughs> dread game some 20-year-old. What's dread game? <laughs> it sounds like she's financially dependent on him, but, like, if your brother's giving you an reference. escape hatch, yeah, take it. Yeah, and if you need to buy yourself time because you really don't have any money to stand in your own two feet, then, like, buy yourself time with counseling, but try to end your marriage, like, behind the scenes. All right, so we have next on the docket is a skirt strike back question from David. If a man is looking for a casual relationship, is that a red flag? What does anyone who isn't me understand looking for a casual relationship to mean? So, I mean, my number one problem with men who are seeking casual, quote unquote, casual relationships is that they're basically just like using women for sex. Like they're basically using women as like a, you know, a hole that they can stick their dick into. They generally don't care about the woman's pleasure. They just want to get off. Right. I've said before, like, again, I support double standards. What if women are into that though? Against men, between men and women. It's only fair because we live in an unequal world. So I think it's fine if women want a casual relationship. I think it's fine to use men for sex, but I think it's not nice for men to use women for sex. And so I immediately don't trust men who are looking for casual relationships. Mm. Okay. I'm not actually agreed with that Lilith. So before we jumped on this call, I was like, I well, actually then... agree with Lilith. It matters as long as he's honest. But actually, I've been like, listening to what Lilith said and the way men talk about the women they are in casual relationships with. So they have no respect for them. They don't see any any reason to make sure that they're sexually satisfied. I actually. What if you do, though? What if you do have respect for them and you do want to satisfy them? Then is it fine? She agree as well. And then the other thing like with casual sex is that it lowers the bar for all men because the bar of entry is generally quite low. They then carry that around with them as well and project it onto other women, like generally speaking, too. And another thing is... Chicks are commies. They don't like free markets. That a lot of men, because they don't have the sexual or the Casanova capital to outright demand casual a casual relationship from a woman because she'll tell them to get fucked or to not get fucked, they often resort to deception to get their casual sex. So this is where you get things like situationships. This is where you get even, you know, 
like some you know men they will get into relationships in quotation marks just to have a guaranteed pussy supply but it's a relationship in all but name everything about it is casual so she won't meet his family she's not going to put on his social media he's still acting single yeah he's acting single he'll start talking about Polly and all that shit so I just think that ultimately because again like Lila said the sexual dynamic is so in a way it's completely stacked against men's favour if they do want a casual relationship almost 10 times out of 10 they're going to have to resort to some sort of deception or manipulation of women to get that relationship and so that's why I'm like, the fact that they have to lie to get casual sex is another reason why I don't trust. Again, I'm justified in not trusting men who want casual relationships. And also it's like, why would you want just a casual relationship? Like, what about a serious relationship is it that you don't want? The only situation I can think of is like, you know, maybe you're planning on moving in like six months to a year or something, yeah. but you still want to like date. I could sort of see that if there's like an inherent time limit, like just the circumstances of your life change or something like that, maybe. But like, happens, or if you know. have a job that involves traveling a lot. I mean, she can, you know, she can weigh you down. And you know, you're not in the same place for a long time. I can maybe understand that. But if you're living in the same city you're not planning on moving what is it about a serious relationship like what traits of a serious relationship do you not want it sort of speaks to that their value system right it does and it also indicates they've got issues attachment like it's well documented in research that people who actively seek out casual relationships their ability to bond with intimate partners is compromised like so and all of the guys who i knew who went into casual relationships they had serious problems with attachment and being a stable partner for women because ultimately yeah, because they didn't want to be that's all it was. Is they just didn't want. They go, why don't you want to be a stable partner? And they're like, I don't want to. Getting into that sort of relationship, especially repeatedly, is going to limit your ability to effectively pair bond with another person. And so even when they did find somebody that they really, really liked and got into a relationship with, they would jeopardize it by saying, can we have an open relationship, for example. You want to know the funny thing? So the men in the manosphere, they've been saying for years, like, oh, women with a body count above two or whatever are incapable of pair bonding with men, yada, yada, yada. This idea of like women with a high body count can't bond with, you know, can't pair bond or whatever is a complete projection. I've actually found the opposite to be true. I found like <laughs> women who were like virginal and stuff when they were younger, when they get married they get older that's when they cheat because they didn't have their hoe phase when they were younger right it's like you have to have your hoe phase. gotta have the hoe phase i don't think you have to have a hoe phase by the way but i do notice you know men complain like oh my my girl was like wild when she was younger now she wants to settle down yada 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 i mean i think that's a pretty normal life trajectory it's like for women it's like you realize oh all this like casual sex wasn't worth it what really matters is like love and connection and having someone that you can share life with and stuff right i find with men it's the opposite they tend to when men go through a hoe phase it actually does affect their ability to pair bond this whole idea that women can't pair bond if they have a certain body count is complete projection Anyways, where, where, we got off, off topic. Where, what was the question? Sorry. Oh, you got off topic, did so you? So his question is just like, is a red flag? And the answer is yeah. Like, I think for 90% of women, they're going to see that as a red flag because it's always an uneven exchange, right? Like there's just so many men who want to keep it casual, so to speak, and they're all not worth, their dick is not worth the skin that it contains. I fucked that <laughs> joke up. Like their dick is not. <laughs> oh, was that going to be a joke? Was it? Their oh. dick is not worth the skin it's stitched together with. So yeah. <laughs> Anybody who is going to understand a casual relationship is like free prostitution. Like, you know, guys who want a casual relationship, they kind of remind me of those people who go around with like coupons trying to get as much shit as they can for free. <laughs> like, oh, now we're talking shit about guys using coupons, even though it's probably mostly women using like coupons. Their energy, right? Like, how can I get as much as I can? How can I maximally benefit myself and not have to pay anything? I only want to receive. I don't want to give. That's what guys who are looking for casual relationships are like. Like, it's like just weird it's cringy i mean it's not weird because it's actually very common but i just think those people are i don't relate to them i don't like get them you know okay so we answered that question from david so before we wrap we're gonna add one little david you goddamn turncoat why are you sending him questions feature to this just one little freebie little freebie on our end which is like roasting the funniest reasons why people quit our patreon 
Yeah. Most people quit our Patreon for financial reasons, and I understand that. You know, it's a tough economy, so no hate there. But some people quit the Patreon for literally the dumbest fucking reasons, and this is the probably the stupidest one, actually, and I just wanted to laugh at it. So this person canceled this because we made fun of Alec Vade Menon. So she writes, Making fun of Alec V. Menon, what did they ever do to you? You mentioned the unfairness of punching down in the Will Smith episode. I see that as a punch down. Have you read their writings? Unfortunately, some of it, and yes, and it's a problem, but we'll get into that. Didn't this Alec Vade Menon person say that, like, little girls can be kinky and that, like, little girls have sexual desires and stuff? Like, this guy's a fucking, like, groomer. Like, I know this word's been banned from social media, but it's like, this person's a creep. If you don't know who Alec Vade Menon is, they are a (laughs) (laughs) non-binary. They they are a non-binary. Based. And binary performance artist. It looks like Fozzie Bear got hit with a clown makeup gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah now is the best way I could try to describe the way Alec Vade Menon looks like. Just everything they do is offensive to the senses. Yeah. Here's the thing. I actually don't mind if men want to wear dresses or wear makeup and stuff, but it's like, what gets me is that if a woman dressed like Alec Vade Menon, she'd get like dragged to oblivion. And Lilith, Alec is not a man. Yeah. Alec is a they. Is a they. Is a... <laughs> I find it's like, okay, I just find it offensive with this, like, your eyes can recognize the male secondary sex characteristics, right? I don't mm-hmm. like the power move of being made to pretend to, like, I don't see what my eyes see, you know? Anyways, uh-huh. so this person will just wear, like, the ugliest fucking dresses, like, different colors, mismatching prints, like, literally, like, ill-fitting. If a woman dresses And like- just when they completely lost us all, they get us right back, huh? That she'd be dragged to oblivion. She'd, like, go viral for being, like, how, for, oh, she's so ugly, whatever. You know, people would cyberbully her. And the gaudy makeup as well, like, it's just, who are you kidding? I'm just offended that, like, a male can dress this way and, like, be hugboxed. Like, yes, Whoa. oh my god, queen, like, celebrating diversity, yada, yada, yada kind of thing. They let this shit on YouTube? So that's why I, I know this person canceled because we made fun of this person. I just wanted to double down on making fun of this person. So let me just read the rest of this comment and we'll just go back in on Alec Fade Menon. So I think it's actually a Loke Fade Menon. A Loke, yeah. There's a compelling reason for their not shaving. For the quirky fashion, trans and NB people face as much discrimination in society as cishet women do. So to hear you all cackling about it was disappointing and un- unnecessary. I'm not sure if you all just haven't done your research as deeply on queer issues as women's issues or you have and you just do not care not sure which is worse i really appreciated everything you posted but when i think about you pumping trans people in with the misogynistic men and saying they make everything about them it gives me an uncomfortable cognitive dissonance which i don't won't maintain so you're gonna get grifted by men your whole life yeah like the, i'm reading this and i'm like if you can't tell that alec vade menon alok vade menon is taking the piss and this is entirely a grift <laughs> damn <laughs> you think his whole thing is to i mean he is really effective in all this stuff uh if you don't know him he's like this Indian dude who just looks like a normal one, but then he just like dresses like a chick, basically. I understand these women where they'll like they'll agree with FDS, like yeah, like men lie, like you shouldn't believe what men said. Yeah, men exploit women, men lie, they are sexually depraved, whatever. But as soon as a man says, "Oh, I'm non-binary, I'm a woman," they just like believe them, right? Are you that fucking gullible, right? Yeah. Like, are you that you fucking gullible? Men, and then the moment they say that one thing, it's like, okay, now I believe you, right? The moment they change their pronouns, it's like, oh, so oppressed. Poor you, please. Whoa. Yeah. Let me be clear. We're gonna read a few excerpts of the things that Alok Fade Menon has written that are extremely problematic. Okay, do you have some samples? I think all the rest of the work you do is really important. It's worth noting that I'm thinking about all the other media sources and considering what area of life or social issue they allow that's harmful in some way. Obviously, one person can't advocate for everything all at once, but it's also possible to be pro something and not bash something else. One more point I'd like to make is that if you read Alok V. Menon's responses to the mocking or hateful comments on our Instagram page, they're the total opposite of FDS. Pretty wild. Anyways, I don't know if you'll read this and I probably won't find out. I hope if you read this message, it becomes something you can learn from or grow from instead of just laughing at my preferences or sensitivity. To be honest, knowing <laughs> places, men screw over trans women, they could benefit from this advice. Wishing you the best. First of all, Alok Fade Menon is not trans. They're non-binary. They're not transitioned. They've never said they're transitioned. They're just like that kind of femme quote presenting 
male yeah. person. So I think that's an important distinction because once again, it feel more or less it feels like a grift, right? So this is a person who said very, very problematic things. Yeah. I don't know. Have you heard of like, you know, Stefankney or other like, you know, woo-woo people? And it's like woo-woo people. Read an entire article like guilt tripping the queer community because they couldn't get laid, basically saying that they were being discriminated against by males because they didn't want to have sex with a person who clearly has some kind of personality disorder and is grifting everybody. Personality disorder? This is what? Seems like they're actively trying to make themselves physically repulsive to everybody. That's the thing. Physically I feel like repulsive. Lot, and then there's the other non-binary performer or whatever. I can't remember their name, but it was in the This podcast has reached a new low uh like the same article about like why can't my queer friends get laid article that one or why can't my non-binary queer friends get laid kind of question it's like it almost feels like a power move on their part to be that repulsive and still expect sex that's just male entitlement right a woman who's that unattractive wouldn't be like you know why won't men fuck me i don't know some may- <laughs> i don't know about that okay people don't do like the i don't know are there women who do the whole like oh it's like bigotry <laughs> for you to not fuck me i feel like women mostly just hate themselves and get a fucking eating disorder or whatever or become fem cells. But yeah, no, I mean, in this particular instance, I just kind of felt like if you believe everything a male person says to you at face value and never critique it, like you're going to keep getting manipulated. I thought it was particularly weird. And I don't even remember the comment we made about Olaf Menon, but I thought this is like a hilarious reason to cancel only because of the fact that like, yeah, if you're the type of person that's going to follow that person like uncritically then it's probably best that you also quite frankly stop expecting us to be nice people okay we've been very upset about that we're bitches okay like we are not like we don't dance around people's feelings except for maybe like women have been you know abused and so on right like we'll feel compassion for women uh for female people right but stop expecting us to be what are female people what does that even mean compassionate towards males okay except for maybe like literal children who are innocent victims of male violence that kind of stuff i'll feel compassion for boy like children but like adult men no like it's because women conflate being nice with being kind and they're not the same thing being nice is a passive thing being kind involves speaking the truth and having boundaries so being nice as a woman is not going to get you any awards and if you think about this whole you know people like Alok, they were propped up by primarily women for the longest time like it was primarily women who were accepting of all this stuff and now a lot of these women have now become critical of that thing you know why do you think that is are all these women like hateful bitches who are turfs who turned overnight or have yes they realized that it is a deeply misogynistic and grifting thing that he's doing yeah so this is like the statement that i think pissed a lot of the the, the female feminists off <laughs> where uh, look made men was saying this type of legal carceral culture relies on two things the construction of morally abhorrent perpetrators and scapegoats and the production of, of pure innocent victims in this case and as in so many cases in the past those victims are archetypical white cis innocent little girls we totally need to challenge that white christian supremacist right-wing rhetoric around trans bodies absolutely but we also need to seriously overhaul the idea that there is a perfect victim anywhere i believe in the radical notion that little girls like the rest of us are complicated people there are no fairy tales and no princesses here little girls are also queer trans kinky deviant kind mean beautiful ugly tremendous and peculiar your kids aren't as straight and narrow as you think they are like everybody else i've been a cute little girl no you haven't uh, and a gender non-conforming young adult Cute. let me tell you what? everywhere along that spectrum i've been complicated and strange huh? yeah you're, that last part you've been complicated and strange is correct but like everything else here Ew. is pretty incorrect and yes we do correct plus the whole like oh there's no innocent victims what does that even mean like when i say oh yeah victims can be flawed like i'm talking about women like amber heard who like fight back or whatever those women are they quote-unquote perfect victims no because the perfect victims like yeah women who don't fight back women who you know it's like a sort yeah, of like the little girls kinky deviant stuff i'm like what the fuck is this guy talking about i mean what are they talking about do you want to comment on this i mean we can keep going so the 19th 19- 73 horror flick The Exorcist is my favorite snapshot of the cultural place of white says little 
girls. In the film, a little girl with a single mother is possessed by the devil. From another perspective, the little girl is actually exploring her sexuality, masturbation, and so what? on. And her own demons <sighs> mean this, right? Doesn't she literally stab her vagina with a cross in that movie? Like, that's sexual violence. Obviously, white men from the church have to be brought in to save her since her single mom can't do it alone. She can be brought in a priest, but uh, what if instead of moving from the exorcist model of little girlhood, we move from a place that acknowledges that no one is the perfect pure flower that can be corrupted, that everyone is once capable of receiving and enacting violence, including little girls, that we all give and receive violence to varying degrees, that is not a fairy tale. No one is purely good or evil. Look around, there are no princesses. I'm like, yeah, no, Alok, Vademan, like, we have safeguarding around children because children don't shit. This person trying to, like, victim blame, like, little girls? Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. They're basically sexualizing children, sexualizing little girls, basically trying to assert that adult men and little girls have the same amount of agency and responsibility, which is crazy. Yeah, there's like some so much like Darvo victim blaming, like, yeah, like say, oh, she wanted it, you know, she was asking for it kind of like implications. It's such a dirty, gross sentence, right? And so, yeah, we're going to make the fucking fun out of a loca you know yeah we're gonna roast this person there's a lot of discussion about like how male people or people who are assigned male at birth however you view it this guy's not a male person he's a woman sometimes and who decide later on to transition to either fully transitioned women or become some kind of gender non-conforming male with the prona- binary pronouns or non-binary pronouns that a look vague men is but i think everyone should be in agreement that it's not appropriate to sexualize little girls in this manner and also yeah. to try to Psycho. take away quote unquote little girls innocence to uh give more leeway for a grown adult men that's crazy and say that like we have to deconstruct the idea that we should safeguard children for the benefit of gross men who want to cross dress so Sorry, you were mad about that. We don't apologize. Yeah, I want to be very clear. We do not apologize for making fun of Alok. And uh, thank you for counseling. And I hope you have a lovely day. This is where the train stops and we part ways. Because I kind of hate when I see women do this because I'm like, oh, you're going to get grifted a lot. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Because I'm like, this is pretty. There's a lot of things that are like, okay, you may not see it coming. But like, if you don't see the grift for what it is when it comes pertains to this person, then I question your judgment on honestly everything. Yeah. So... Diamond. Tell them how you really feel. <laughs> Tell them how you really feel. Send us more of your complaints <laughs> to our Patreon. Send us These more complaints for managerial review. Questions, roast discroats, queen shits, narcissists, whatever you want to do. Sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, and you can submit your own to be read aloud on the podcast on a future episode. No. You can also discuss. All right. That was episode 70. Three of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, and that's that's all for me today. Folks, um, thank you for joining in. I appreciate you all. I don't have a third episode in me. I apologize. Uh, but we will be back next week. I'm going to try and have a guest for next week. Uh, we're going to try and I'm going to bring someone to the studio. Maybe JJ will come in next week and we'll cover episode 74 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on this Sunday. If you'd like to support the stream, as always, uh, Patreon, Locals, YouTube, buy a shirt, lowvaluemail.com for some merch. I have been Danny Paulstruck. Thank you again to all the scrotes, all the negative value mails, the low value mails, the zero value mails. That's a new one. And the high value mails. Apparently, some of you do exist. I will be back Tuesday night for an all new episode of Low Value Mail. Hope to see some of you there. Otherwise, have a good rest of your Sunday night, everybody. Bye.